0: Hey, everybody, I'm Jody Vance.
1: And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... Summertime and uh, politics are crazy! Unspun.
0: (laughs) Everybody, four-point buckle. Buckle your seatbelts. This is George, about (laughs) to go on vacation, and we're talking all kinds of (laughs) politics. Before we get deep into what you've walked the walk of in municipal yeah, politics, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk first about the big announcement this week, the
1: uh, the
0: flip to the flop to the
1: flippy, flippy flop, flop. Flippy flop, flop. Flop, <laughs> flop, flop. Flop, flop. Yeah. Uh, the provincial government and their little fancy museum, their billion-dollar boondoggle uh, for the Royal BC Museum, they've uh, surprisingly, and predicted here on uh, Unspun, <laughs> as we predicted, Uh, They have decided not to move forward with this uh, nightmare PR crisis that they have uh, faced the last several weeks um, because clearly it was a stupid idea. Not that having a great museum isn't a great idea, but oh my God, the process, the inability to connect with the people and talk about it, you know, there was no process and it it just came out of nowhere. And
0: And then when they released the plan, a third of it was redacted. What are you redacting? Who are you protecting here? how is that this is so bad this is so shady bad. this this is just i mean <laughs> redacting documents
1: bad about how you're
0: spending i mean and i do like the fact i have to say i do like the fact i watched the press briefing and john horgan did say my bad it was a mistake yeah. clearly you know uh citizens in this province are, are thinking about other things so we're going to indefinitely pause this um Unfortunately, though George, there's still a massive price price tag associated with this. Apparently, the warehouse is going to be a quarter of a billion dollars to build the warehouse to house the things until mm-hmm. a new right a quarter of a billion dollars for a warehouse and it, i it, I get it. These are sensitive yeah. pieces and documents sure. it's a woolly mammoth and all that I get it but in the in the time it'll take to Build the quarter of a billion dollar warehouse. It's going to cost eleven million dollars to rent a warehouse. Like it's the numbers associated with everything to do here. Like why not? And I'm just throwing it out here. This is my middle that I would write at the Orca. Hopefully the Orca comes back one day because I really need that outlet to write my (laughs) write my columns at. Um, The why not Mm -hmm. for less money create satellite museums throughout British Columbia hmm. that would repatriate much of the First Nations Indigenous Métis pieces of incredible art that each of those uh, Indigenous arms would like to have back on their territories or close to it or have some say in what happens or how it's presented. Like, There's a lot here that I think, hopefully the public mm. consultation that they prov- promised, promised The province, excuse me, um, will involve some of these ways of doing things smarter. I think our dollars are are being spent in a way that um, don't reflect the kitchen table of British Columbians right now.
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, obviously the process was not, there was no process and you know the the best example we have is the Vancouver Art Gallery, who's been going through their process for many, many years. The provincial government, way back in Gordon Campbell's time, committed to hundred I think it was one hundred and fifty million dollars to the city of Vancouver, to the Vancouver Museum, or to the Vancouver Art Gallery, and then yeah. it said, "You need to figure out the rest of it. Whatever the whatever it is you want to do, go for it. Like it's your problem, not ours. You got to go get part, private partners, donors, talk to the city of Vancouver, whatever." Uh, and in, in that process, and when I was in office, there was certainly a lot of discussion about this satellite concept. That I think Bob Rennie was a big believer of that. He was one of their big supporters. I think he was on the board. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, the, the, the technology. I
0: think, of, a, I think the art gallery is different than the museum for me, anyway. I think those are apples and oranges because there's a yeah, way of taking yeah, really- a little bit. I think there's a way of taking a little bit of the history of, of this part of the world. And creating, because the museum, let's face it, Victoria you, uh, was very much a science worldly kind of place. We're going to the Western town. We're going to go down to the real yeah, station. It's the same, same place go-
1: it was when I was a kid. It hasn't, right. it hasn't changed.
0: Which, but doesn't reflect the history the way truth and reconciliation must. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that whole issue, but I think that every city town in this province has a museum generally. I would see, they would see that as a threat to a certain degree, but you could in the future, I mean, it, 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 look at how my kid experiences things with 3d, you know, goggles, you know, all these things, yeah. the technology that exists. If you were to build a new museum whatever the cost I think a private public partnership would be better uh you know this the province will commit 300 million dollars you go find another 300 or 600 million dollars whatever through whatever yeah. business plan you can come up with but here's and 300 million cut. we're committing to it and then they have to go out and do the job as a board of directors that's your job yeah. however it is a provincial museum but you know Vancouver uh committed I think half as much to the city of Vancouver so there are similarities the, so I think that the if you're talking about a traveling museum, I, I think it's old school to think about or, or, or remote sites. No, 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 no. You need to build a fantastic museum for sure in Victoria. It makes sense. Uh, but you need to make sure you build an infrastructure and technology that those small museums around the province could then potentially connect to it uh, to have experiential the problem, you know, uh, programming, uh, that would drive traffic into their museums, which of course they need all the time. So if you want to see the woolly mountain myth, or you want to see, uh, truth and reconciliation stuff, or you want to go through an old town and you're in in the cusp, I don't know, we were somewhere else in the province and you want to, and you, Hey, here's our, here's our BC Royal BC museum section, uh, step into this booth and put on your goggles.
0: Yeah. 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 I like it. I like it. I think that's a great idea. I do. I don't I'm think sure it's the in the building business plan,
1: but it's redacted, yeah
0: I and mean, we can't see it. We're not allowed to see it. We're, <laughs> we're not grown up can't, enough see it. We can't we can't handle the truth we can't anyway, the
1: biggest thing the biggest thing as a from a spin point of view is how this will damage the the premier. Has this created long term damage to his reputation? You know, there was talk just a few months ago he's he's untouchable he's he's Teflon. you know, nobody else can lead this n d p into the next election will we were even talking about this you know recently about them calling an election earlier. Uh, with him as leader, so that they could win it, and then you know, they, they, clearly they don't care about timelines for elections. They'll just do it whenever they think they can win, which has gone back to the right. old system. Um, and so, you know, a few months ago, they were probably thinking, "Hey, we could probably call an election next in the spring of 2023. Uh, call an election with our with with John Horgan as our leader. As soon as that's done, maybe six months later, he bounces. We get a new leader. That gives four years." for that new leader to build up their reputation as the new next premier for the NDP. Now they've got this problem where he's tarnished and, and I, th- uh, you know, 69% of British Columbians were like, boo to this museum idea. That's bad PR That's for bad. this, uh, for the NDP and this leader. Uh, and flip-flopping is never good in politics. I don't care what Bill Tuman says about it. He was, cause I'm tweeting this today, you know, separate to the stuff in the Vancouver uh, we're going to talk about next, but, you know, you're a flip-flopper. My God, the the NEP lost an election uh, be, uh, previously to the liberals because they flip-flopped on stuff with uh, yeah. with uh, the previous leader of that party. So it's, you know, flip-flopping is really bad in politics and apologizing is something you, oh my God. It's like Gregor Robertson pulled it off in in, in his last election and managed to win. I think it was twenty or was it twenty fourteen? I forget which election it was. That was twenty fourteen, and he won yeah. because he apologized. But apologizing in politics, it's you. It just doesn't. You really got to be desperate to apologize. It's something you don't want to do because it makes you look weak.
0: I know you've said this before, and I've always agreed with you. And and well, actually, I've deferred to you because you have the experience in, in both politics and crisis communications. I feel though, in the unspun universe that we're living in, just I'm going to throw this out there. As a voter, there was a time where I'd be like, oh, sure. Yeah, okay, you're apologizing for sure. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't believe it. Now, after the era of politics and the dysfunctional politics that we've witnessed on a global scale, whether it's Boris mm-hmm. Johnson or Donald Trump or
1: right. wh- whoever,
0: whomever, right. right? That sort of bombastic, I will never, ever cop to mm-hmm. unless I get caught drinking wine at a COVID against COVID rules party like Bojo did. Like he did kind of apologize for that because he, he sort of had to. But I feel that in this day and age of, of with all of that in mind, that it is so refreshing to hear somebody say, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I'm going to change that. Not I'm sorry I assaulted someone. That's not, you know, I don't think Donald Trump will ever mm-hmm. apologize for what he said on that bus with uh, Billy What's-His-Nose no- from the mm-hmm. entertainment show. Um, Bush. or the people who have Billy Bush, thank you, or the, right, or the, uh, you know, the indiscretions that have been brought forward, um, by other women in the United States. So there's a, there's a line to be drawn. But when, mm-hmm. when you make a decision arbitrarily about spending taxpayers dollars and the blowback is as significant as the poll, as you said, 69% mm-hmm. of people in the province, including myself, mm-hmm. were like, what? Are you talking about? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and not being able to let go of it. It's just like, well, it's out of our hands. And I guess we're going to vote him out next time if he's going to spend money like this. You know, that's where people started going. And when he steps up and goes, you know what? Totally on me. My bad. Didn't read the room. You're right. I got it. I heard you. Whatever. Doesn't smack as
1: mm, what it did in
0: the past. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not. Yeah, It's yeah, arrogance. I don't.
1: It sees. It has, maybe. It, the problem is uh, their decision to move forward is, is not only, um, arrogant and, 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 you know, out of touch, it's a sign, uh, from a, that it's, there's, they're, they're out of touch that this will be the first of probably many things. It's, it's really hard to rein in. Once you start being out of touch as a government, you're generally out of touch. And so, uh, you will see, I am sure, uh, you'll never know when they'll never know when it's happening. Because, of course, they're out of touch.
0: They're out of touch. Least, right. I get it. I get it. Other stuff
1: that will, will, will snowball now because you've, they clearly lost touch with the people of this province. Um, and that arrogance, which we know is already there because of the way they've been behaving in other ways, pushing yeah. stuff through, the way they've been treating the Green Party. You know, the arrogance was already there. Uh, now right. they've proven that they're out of touch. Uh, that is the dismantling of a government hundred percent that's how they fall apart and y- you've got now a caucus that are like mm, I don't know this guy uh, once your caucus starts to question your leadership and your management style whoa now you're really starting to slide now when they're in their communities talking to people they're like, oh yeah you know, you know it's hard for them to defend well that wasn't me that was John Horgan well that's bad that they would say that all this stuff just starts to snowball and and that's how governments fall and which brings
0: uh, us to municipal politics
1: oh god
0: <laughs> that was a perfect god. segue george
1: perfect yeah segue. maybe yes. So
0: over the last over the last number if you don't listen to this podcast religiously what's wrong with you no i mean you should be listening but <laughs>
1: well, you're podcast. listening right now We're watching
0: yeah unspun so thank you podcast <laughs> unspunpodcast.com <podcast>. unspun <laughs> unspun is where you find us sign up it'll get delivered to your inbox uh, programming note, two-week hiatus because George is going away. He's going mm-hmm. to Machu Picchu for the, yes. the big trip. So great. Uh, but we're We, will, we w- will reconvene uh, three weeks from now. Um, and what the, what the political world will look like and what we'll need to unpack will really be something. Because last week, last week, George Affleck, we were talking about the crazy number of amendments coming down the pipe yeah. with the Broadway plan and, and then, you know, I'm not going to bury the lead here. Last night in council, it passed. Uh, and we got to talk about, just just bring us back up to speed so that if there is a new listener, a new viewer right now, that's like, I really don't know what the
1: Broadway plan <laughs> is.
0: I don't even know if I agree with it or not because it's been so convoluted. Can you yeah, sort of yeah, lay yeah. out what this future of, sure. of Broadway looks like?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and, and in some ways it doesn't matter because it's more of a political issue than it is an actual issue. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a project. I mean, the Broadway plan was is, is an area of, from basically east of, in you know, very east side of Vancouver. Broadway's our giant road that goes through the city of Vancouver, if you don't know Vancouver. Uh, it's it's our main thoroughfare for our, 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 you know, equipment and, you know, big trucks and and ambulances and all sorts of different things. Uh, but it's, it's an also artery. our second... It's yeah. a big, huge order. It's also a m- in second biggest business district in the province. The second being our downtown core <laughs> in Vancouver. Sorry, everybody else. But we have two of the biggest uh, employment areas in the province. One is downtown. The second is Broadway. Most of those people are healthcare workers because our healthcare district is in that area. Uh, so a very crucial area. So what started this off was because we're going to get the SkyTrain built underground all the way along Broadway, at least to halfway along Broadway. So we'll... Yeah. Subway underground. So the big deal, big question came up when I was on council. Hey, we need to fix. We need to make sure we think about the stuff that's above ground uh, as we build this train system underground and have all these people popping out and, and uh, the opportunity that that provides for housing, for business, for all sorts of things. So we when, in 2018. We said, okay, let's lay, we laid the groundwork for a process. Um, Next council came in, brand new council, almost 100% new people. Um, they came up with a whole bunch of other... It took three years, too, one year too long. Uh, it took us into the fourth year, final year of a term. They presented this giant, complicated, massively larger than it should be planned for this area. Controversial, because it's an election year, and this is the key part of this whole conversation today, is it became a political issue, not even a development issue. It, it Certainly all the issues became... About the, what it was, but it was all—it was driven by political agendas. Now that's because it's an election. Vancouver is very political. We have political parties, so this became not about the quality of this project, about everybody taking ownership for different parts of it, or 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 using it as a tool to say, "See, this is why city of America, this is why you need to vote for me because this thing shows this is why this is all broken." And and so it's just like a nightmare because I actually didn't think it would get approved. Because I thought the ABC, the new party ro- overseen by Ken Sin, previous guy who ran for the mayor of Vancouver under NPA, uh, wouldn't say to his team, like, don't vote for this. This is just a nightmare. But they, last night, it went to council and it <laughs> passed. It passed. And the winning, the reason was because this party, ABC, a uh, better Vancouver, a better city Vancouver, and the three councillors that were previously NPA voted in favor of it. Their arguments might be 100% accurate. They might be way uh, understanding the meaning of this for the city of Vancouver. Absolutely. Probably is a good, there's lots of great parts of this plan, but it is an election year. It's politics. And so I tweeted out last night here is why this is bad, or why, what this means for each one of these people and their decisions last night. For a better city of Vancouver, it's, it's gold. For everybody else, <laughs> because it basically feeds into the narrative that they're in in the developers' pockets that they don't care about the listening to people that they are already arrogant they don't they don't care about people that is the argument that everybody will use against this new party that they are just basically n p a interestingly, the only person from n p a Melissa de Genova, voted against it, so now the narrative that n p a can use hey, we were listening, we voted against this. Uh, and, uh, we listen, but the problem is two things happen. in those two parties. From my point of view, Ken Sim, the leader of the ABC party, invisible, I don't even know where he stands on the issue. I have no idea. He has shown no leadership on this issue. He's completely hiding on it. Doesn't talk about it at all. Left it in the hands of his three counselors, which is fine, but it doesn't show a lot of leadership on his part. Well, I don't even know where he stands today. Has he tweeted it? All? I don't even know. Uh, whereas in with Melissa, it's good decision politically. But where is John Cooper in this? He tweeted one, two things last night. In my mind, he should have held a press conference. He should have been at that meeting. He should have come outside. There was press there. There was probably a scrum. He should have been there saying, this is why you need to vote for me. This was an opportunity that he lost. And so that's what I tweeted out, which made say, Melissa is going, hey, well, I, I voted against it. Yeah, but your leader didn't use it as an opportunity that he could have in the moment in time. You have to be quick in politics about these things. Then you Can have I jump move... in there? Let me yeah. just
0: jump in on that because I think there's an important point here for those who aren't as nerdy about civic politics as we might be and certainly you've lived it, mm-hmm. is if When Melissa DiGenova, when Councillor DiGenova says, yeah, but I, di- I didn't vote for it. Average Joe Public is not paying attention that there's a direct line between Melissa DiGenova and John Cooper and the NPA. It She's is, not right for mayor. Exactly, and there there are really clear uh, vacancies in messaging when it comes to candidates. Continue.
1: Yeah, then you have uh, the mayor and one city who all who voted for for it. But this is not a surprise. They are very much in talking about rental and and all this. Their their narrative is rental apartments and the affordability, and so their narrative mm-hmm. is about that. So, and they also have the unions behind it. So I think it's a bit of a wash for them. I don't, I don't think they'll be impacted in, in any way based on current data or whatever. What the opportunity. Uh, and then there's Gene Swanson who voted against it. Because she votes against everything and she's cope uh so you know whatever uh and then there is a uh, the team which has only got one counselor on there and it, but she's the leader of this party and Colleen Hardwick we've talked about her before and her dad was on this council in way back in the 70s this is uh you know she's living his legacy um and you know her argument she is using the you know and she's got Bill Tillman, who's NDP, you've got a for NPA, which is a right wing party in Vancouver. And now she's got a person from the, who's a hardcore NDP on her team. She's got a very mixed bunch of people. She's going after that mushy middle in Vancouver. And that's the key to winning in Vancouver that mushy middle, that centrist, those federal NDPers. They're always floating around. You know, they voted for Vision, they can vote for NPA if they like it you know, but she know, but she's also going against the angry vote, which is a good one. So yeah. her being against it's being clear about process. You know, Bill Thielen's very good communicator. She's a good, she's pretty good at communicating. Uh, she comes across as a bit angry, I think. So Bill will lighten that up, but I think it's kind of, it's about process. It's about, she took the opportunity, you know, look at any, any clips, any media stuff, you'll see she's the one being quoted. She's showing leadership on this. It's a huge win for her uh, and and will continue her, I think. you know her. She's got momentum. And I would say if a poll is done by Mario or anybody else in the next couple of weeks, you will see, I think, her moving into second place ahead of Ken Sim because of this. And because John didn't use it, John Cooper and the NPA didn't use it to the maximum effort because they voted against it. And Melissa tried to, she added, there was a whole these amendments and all these different things and all these things were changed. And those are the arguments for the people who voted for it. We tweaked it, made it much better. And then just like you said, people aren't paying attention to that. It's too complicated. That's too complicated. So- I'm barely paying attention
0: to it and I'm paid to.
1: Yeah, I know. And so you have, but basically it comes down to, it's an election year. What's the messaging going to be from your party and against you as a party? So now team is looking at, okay, we can now attack the mayor, saying he doesn't listen uh, because yeah. he voted. Uh, he voted, um, you know, for it, and and so did one city. We can uh, we can say uh, ABC voted for it. They don't listen. They they're not worried. I don't think they should be too worried at this point, unless NPA figures out a way to really be more clear. And sorry, John, you know we're friends, but he's not. He's not doing. He's got to be more out there in the moment and be there and and be the face of these things as should Ken Sim if you're going to be the leader of a party you got to be the face of that party all the time in an election year and i don't see that happening except for of course the mayor who sends out press releases from the city immediately following this uh and that site, latest like,
0: press release
1: so was biased. very
0: campaigny
1: yes not even it was- permitted it shouldn't be permitted it came on the city of Vancouver them. press, yeah. you know, that's not even written by staff of the city, written by the mayor's office, put on city of Vancouver letterhead, like it's a city of Vancouver announcement. And it wasn't, it's a mayor's office announcement. Previous to that, the mayor's office would, it would always say the mayor's office. He doesn't yeah. do that anymore. He, and, and I don't know why they're letting him get away with that because it completely, it contravenes so many rules at the city of Vancouver. I can't believe they, they let him do it. Who's the, who's the watchdog for stuff like that? Who's
0: not doing their job in that regard?
1: Uh, we're well, supposed
0: to hold media. accountable
1: media media yeah. suppose. Yeah. really it's it's and and the opposition the people in that council chamber should be putting motion there's simply you know there's rules of order you have to follow there's legal departments they're, there's
0: they're busy there's putting out internally. motions about cuba we'll get into that in a second Ugh, yeah. uh the tweet um that kenneth chan put out um mm. about uh translinks plan kind of ties into this to some degree yes. i'm trying to understand okay so Translink is saying that they're going into the development piece in yeah, order to yeah, they're creating to, a
1: development arm uh, to build buildings. Basically, um, I always worry when government gets transit. into building things because it usually costs too much money, i.e., Royal BC Museum, Museum, billion dollars. Um, yeah, it's an op- It's interesting timing. The story came out this morning. I'm not sure when the actual information got to Kenneth that. Uh, at Daily Hive. But, you know, uh, this is a, because of the Broadway decision, uh, the density at the stations is quite high and this TransLink owns the property where the, sta- where the stations are located. And a couple of, are usually a little bit more land in and around that area, right. uh, as does the city of Vancouver. Um, and so, but there, I, I would imagine the developments they'll be doing won't be rental housing. It's going to be office buildings and, it's, those are cash cows uh for anybody right now. The, the, the office space requirements in the city are like the need is huge. Uh but they will be going surprising. to the city to put this density can you, there.
0: Can you explain that to me when the office need is huge, when there's so much work from home and there's so much, you know, overhead space that people have recognized over the last two years that they don't necessarily need their entire workforce in an expensive office downtown Vancouver in order to, you know, mm-hmm. have their official headquarters in vancouver that's okay you're recovering from covid you're feeling better i should have said that off the top you're feeling better right
1: Yeah, i feel good Um, okay but
0: working from home and and i know but you've got amazon
1: microsoft apple disney huge companies open taking up a ton of office space downtown tons and tons and tons of office space they're taking over everything um and uh so it's, it's, it's eating away at our space and just, it's people want to, there's a lot of people who want to be here, you know, in Vancouver. Yep. So I work here. There is, I, I, I was, you know, is in Colleen Hardwick did an interview with Larry Beasley and who was a former city planner. I would say, watch it. I would have liked to see the edited version. <laughs> there's like a lot of, Oh, what was he He was getting into the something. There. And then yeah. suddenly it went, hmm. The clip. Um, hmm. wonder what he was going to say. What was cut, cut out? Um, but he talked about, uh, you know, office space and the fact that this, the, one of the things he made when he was uh, the main planner of the city was what do we replace, you know, the future of work in the city? And we talk about tech sector, but it's really about, um, you know, the new, yeah, new information system, you know, industry, the world that we live in and, and the work that's involved in that. And the fact you can work anywhere, even if your head office is wherever that a lot of these companies are satellite companies like Microsoft and Amazon. Um, but the people want to work for those companies in Vancouver because it's Vancouver. Because yeah. the way it's built yeah. was built. I get you. will be built. I get you. Question mark. Question mark.
0: Question mark. Question mark. Dot. 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 Exclamation yes. point. Uh, we all are dictating to our series in that way. Um, yes. I want to ask you a quick one, and I know we didn't go over this in our pre-show meeting, and um, but the amalgamation of the municipalities in order to create. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, we already have it. It's called Metro Vancouver and we have a board of directors that's uh, unelected, that's appointed by each city. Uh, They oversee a multi-billion, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's it's $2 billion budget. Uh, They, they do, they can, they do housing. Uh, It's basically, you know, Vancouver has four, I I forget, four or five, I forget, five reps on there. Uh, The most, the most representatives. Um, Surrey, I think. But in terms of
0: like zoning and just, and, oh God, and street cleaning and gar- what's that Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, it would be amazing in some ways, but I can't imagine how complicated that would be. I think there are I ways I saw it to in Toronto. It, you know,
0: I saw it happen in Ontario and yeah. yeah, the, the GTA that, yeah. went from Metro Toronto to the Greater Toronto Area where it just was like, okay, everybody on the same page. So it didn't it didn't look like it does right now when you drive down, you know, West Broadway and all of a sudden you cross boundary and you're like, I'm in another country. I've changed I'm on a different yes. planet. Like Burnaby is very different from yeah, yeah. Vancouver. It's like North Van is very different from West Van. It's like Ladner is very different from Richmond. It's Ladner is very different from and very different to Crescent Beach. Like there's, is there, are we coming ever closer to a scenario in a situation where we streamline can't even get
1: North Vancouver and North Vancouver to align or Langley and Langley to get together. I mean, give me a break. I would right. say, but perhaps that that's unlikely, because there's but,
0: infighting. One second, but maybe yeah. there's infighting in territory of like I don't want to lose my job because yes. I do this for North Vancouver. So, it's like, well, I also do this for North Vancouver, and I don't think they need both of us. So why don't we look at who's doing yes. the job better? Because our city hall in the city of Vancouver is we have more than we need working in there, Cause, and they're not getting the job done.
1: Yeah, like do and do you does anybody in Burnaby want Vancouver to run Burnaby? <laughs>
0: No, I'd like Burnaby to run Vancouver and do, yeah, Oh, we have a nightmare. Go. We're going to have a nightmare, George. This just in. So just,
1: just a final point on that though, just oh. on that other thing. I would say the province concert EB is kind of pushing he's poking around on overs like on, you know, controlling public hearings and that stuff. That is a that is a slippery slope towards the province, you know, certainly changing and I I, I it's a possibility it'd be it'd be a political challenge Football. but to say they the province has the ability to it's, we the cities are at the pleasure of the pro, you know run at the pleasure of the province they can right. change the whatever they want anytime they want so um it's possible but even the vancouver charter george yep they control that too but yes hmm. nightmare that's okay who's who's a nightmare who's our day mayor for that matter <laughs>
0: <laughs> haven't been able to find them
1: just get me a mayor yeah busy very busy very busy.
0: don't, don't have 10 minutes to talk to you about about <laughs> what i'm doing in the office and how too busy much <laughs> we'll only we'll only do interviews with people who i know will be nice to me hey, man that's well, what it feels uh, like to this... me because i'm not nice apparently i'm like oh, one of the nicest oh, really? people mean, in media but sh- i never sh- get the mayor
1: nope uh, interesting i request well, them all the time uh, i i don't <laughs> and oddly
0: no. oddly i stopped asking because it was always no and when i opened it up to say let me know anytime in the next month i'm here all last summer i was here all summer um also interestingly the park board which going back to john cooper he, if he were as involved and engaged in the issues with the, with the mayoral race as he mm-hmm. has been over the years i think it's a maybe it's a confidence thing with the park board because he knows it so well Should prove that you know the city hall inner workings equally as such because because john has been very forward and and in those Mm -hmm. scrums and and having those conversations when it comes to park board even when it was all kinds of heat to the point where people are like you love the NPA," and i'm like what are you talking about and they're like well you're always talking to john cooper i'm like because everybody else says no on the park board so -hmm. i'm going to talk to the person that's going to talk about when we're taking the pylons out of stanley park (laughs)
1: <laughs> or at least we'll leave it on that proper places and put a proper bike lane that anyways we talked about it last week
0: don't get we're me gonna do that, that. <laughs> we don't have time because you have to go on vacation you have yes. two weeks off so in the meantime we're gonna follow this is you
1: longest on longest hiatus ever ever in years like, but you know what when we come back we are gonna be fully in election mode man that's gonna be mid-july we it's gonna be go time so we need a break so that we can really focus on not only vancouver Lena. i know we a lot of requests to talk about surrey uh we'll we'll talk about surrey. other cities you know what's going on there's some interesting race in langley what langley, about up north we got, we got viewers and listeners.
0: stepping down yeah
1: lots of yeah, stuff going on and we're going to be covering it all for sure
0: we might actually have to extend. We've always been the fastest 30 minutes in politics. Uh BC Poly's 30 minutes. We might have to expand as we head towards October 15th, 2022, which is also George Affleck's birthday. You can find George on Twitter at George.
1: Underscore.
0: Affleck at Jody Vance. Jody with a Y. This is Unspun Podcast. You can find us and subscribe to it. We don't sell your information. We don't share our list with anyone we just want to make sure unspun lands in your inbox as soon as we've got a new episode uh thanks for tuning in as always Uh, and george safe travels see
1: you you in a couple weeks everybody bye